0: The Big Bets on Campus podcast.
1: Podcast. Podcast. All right, here we go.
2: The size
3: of the fight in the door. Welcome to the Big Bets on Campus Podcast presented by Bet MGM. I'm your host, Tim Kalinowski of Action Network, joined by BCS themselves, the heartbeat of our college football coverage. And the BCS, who is that? That's Brett McMurphy, Colin Wilson, and Stucky. The regular season is in the books, gents. And I guess we'll start with. One of the highlights or low lights, depending on which side of this rivalry you're on, Michigan 30, Ohio State 24. I mean, the uh, questions, where do you start? I guess we'll start Ryan Day. And Colin, I feel like you would have a passionate response on this. Is Ryan Day what's holding back Ohio State? Is, is, is this heat deserved or is this just kind of how rivalries go and how Ohio State, Michigan has gone? It ebbs, it flows. Hey, Harbaugh might be done next year. What does it matter is it Ryan Day's fault, Colin?
2: I think you have to look at Ryan Day. I mean, it's the easy answer. He's the easy scapegoat because my answer would have been, Ohio State doesn't have a quarterback. But they lost last year and they had C.J. Stroud. So that's not a valid argument to say that Kyle McCord is not good enough to get this rivalry to go back to the Buckeyes. So you got to look at all, you know, you got to look at the Ryan Day here because the offense is not scoring enough. Somehow Michigan was more electric on the offensive side after the last six quarters they'd played. Got to fall on Ryan Day's head.
3: Right. In your view, uh, where's the blame start here? Is it warranted on Ryan Day?
0: You know, look, everybody's, everybody's going to blame the head coach that's expected. Um, You know, it's, it's funny. He's one and three against Michigan and 40 and zero against the rest of the big 10. You know, so it's (laughs) good news is you're dominating against everybody, but your biggest rival look for, for, Buckeye fans to want to put him on the hot seat, I think, is kind of comical, but that's kind of the fan bases that uh, you know we deal with nowadays. But I seem to remember there was a certain Michigan coach that started at his career with several losses against to against his biggest rival, and he managed to survive and now is is on a pretty good run, even though he technically didn't coach. So you know, everyone's going to blame Ryan Day. You know, it, it's not that simple, but he takes all the blame. They win. He gets all the credit. That's that's why he gets paid the, the big bucks and gets to uh, feud with with Lou Holtz. Yeah, maybe, maybe he was on to something. Stucky, what say you?
1: Well, uh, I mean, Ryan Day can be a clown. Sometimes he's way too conservative in these big games. But um, I think it's a little unwarranted. I mean, it's sort of like betting, right? When we're betting football over the course of one season, one game, one week, there's so much variance, and it's just like you're you're dealing with an oblong ball, and it's one play here, one play there, and then your entire narrative changes. They were they were a missed field goal away from winning the national title last year, uh, and then then what is the narrative? Um, so, but and then but then again, they could have lost to Notre Dame earlier this season if, the, if there's an interception. So look, they're still one of the best teams in the country. I think it was yeah they just didn't have the quarterback this year. They had what did I hear today? They had Maserati Marv honda mccord uh quarterback so there i i think the the blame is a little overblown who else like who else are you gonna go get like that's that's the other question you always have to think about in these scenarios it's like okay ryan day is doing a good job um it's not like recruiting's falling off they're not one of the best teams but if you say okay we haven't beat michigan in three straight years and again by the way they could have beat michigan easily Yeah, had a call go against them every fourth down went against them Um, and they still had a chance to win at the end of the game at Michigan. So it's not like it was a a horrible performance. So I think it's a little overblown, but that's, what's going to happen in college football. You, you, you blame the coach, but, uh, I think Ohio State will be all right. The the thing I'm more interested in seeing is no divisions now in the big 10, you could have, you're going to, Oh, are they going to go back to divisions? If we keep seeing Ohio state, Michigan back to back weeks. Like That that could happen. We're going to see Ohio State and Michigan back-to-back weeks uh, frequently over the next few seasons, but it'd be better than what we get now with Michigan playing Iowa or whoever comes out of the Big Ten West. So I think it'll be an improvement, but yeah, the speaking of just like these random things that happen, look at the Pac-12. How much does everything change if they kept their divisions? Arizona's in the Pac-12 title. Oregon's at home. Knicks probably doesn't win the Heisman. Oregon's not going to the playoff. Pretty crazy.
3: We had to sneak in Arizona some way somehow, Stucky. We, I, they, they did. I would love to see them in a 12-team playoff. Look, I think the biggest storyline from the weekend, you know, aside from all these scenarios that were going to play out and the big rivalry games, what happened in Aggieland on Saturday night? They're going to hire Mark Stoops. The Aggie fans are going crazy. This ain't the guy. What are we doing, boosters? This Twitter. I guess I'll start with you, Brett, because you just have a better, obviously the best idea of any of us and what goes on here. But like, I just ask you this, how does, I assume if Mark Stoops got that close to the finish line that Aggie brass were all in on it, boosters were in on it. How does something as silly as Twitter backlash lead to a complete one eighty on a situation like that? Do they just go back into a boardroom and put Twitter on the big screen and say, Hey, look
0: what they're saying about us. Like, what, what actually goes on? It seems so childish. Well, everyone sees Twitter, but they're getting the, the member of the board of regents are getting text messages and calls from the big donors when they see the reaction from the fan base. And maybe they agree with that reaction and they're like, Hey, you know, what's going on? Are you going with stoops? Are you sure about this? Uh, You know, and if, and if these guys feel strongly enough, they're like, look, I'm not going to donate anymore. If you hire this guy or you don't hire this guy I'm done, you know? And so they, you know, athletic departments, ADs, presidents, they take that into consideration. And so I don't, it's, it's too simple to say it was Twitter. Um, but certainly, you know, the big money people made a stand and said, you know, that's not going to happen. Stoops had not signed. And it was very similar, but different to kind of Greg Sciano in Tennessee, um, when basically the backlash, you know, publicly, social media killed his chance to be a coach of Tennessee. And, uh, you know, Stoops didn't sign any things, you know, so he's like, uh, okay, fine. I'll, uh, I'll stay at Kentucky, you know, where it gets tricky and kind of embarrassing for everyone involved. This Stoops started telling people close to him that he was going to AM. So he, he obviously had an offer, but nothing was signed. And then AM did a 180. And then, uh, you know, the the Elko has landed. Mike Elko lands today and takes over. And now we'll see, you know, five years from now, we'll say, wow, what a what a stroke of luck that was, or man, they sure, uh, now they're looking for somebody else again. Colin, uh, were you like the rest of us uh, having to ice your
3: thumb from scrolling Twitter on Saturday night? What'd you make of this whole situation?
2: Oh, I was too busy uh, watching Florida State, Florida. we <laughs> For someone that's got Texas and Oregon futures, uh, the Florida State games have become super important. But no, I, I mean, I think, it's a, I, I think it's a pretty good hire. I know it's not flashy, but... When Mike Elko was there, it was the best four-two-five defense in the SEC. He knows the program well. He can recruit. He took a program like Duke and made them relevant. Um, I think it's a great hire for them. But I, the Stoops one made no sense to me whatsoever.
3: Stucky, you're in Lexington. I, I love Mark Stoops. I, I tend to think he kind of got a bit of a, a, a raw shake down there from from the masses. But what would you make of it?
1: Uh, I mean, I didn't really follow that closely. I mean, I could, with Stoops, he, I think he's a good fit for Kentucky. Maybe Texas A&M is a little above his weight class. I think they they got a better hire in in Elko, but I think Stoops is just a, a great fit for Lexington. So I think it worked out for both teams. I'm more enamored by the thought of fading Duke in a bowl. They've already kind of turned into a zombie. Now they're not going to have Elko. They don't have a quarterback. I mean that they're they are on uh, zombie bowl zombie alert. <laughs>
3: is is this a line that you have to get right at jump because of that or? You know, probably,
1: yeah. I, mean, I mean, a lot of times we have to keep in mind with bowl season now is that you, you're going to have like these certain teams that you want to bet and these certain teams that you want to fade. Like Duke would be in there and you want to, you want to get them as early as possible when the lines come out, but then you all, but you have to keep in mind the matchup too. You don't want to, like if they're playing another zombie or if they're playing a team that has opt out risk. So you got to keep that in mind too. So like if they're playing a team, you know, say for example, Duke was playing USC right? And I don't think that's possible. Brett would know better than me. But you wouldn't want to bet. You would actually want to wait to potentially fade Duke because USC probably you're going to have Caleb Williams probably sit and who knows who else. So there's a couple factors there when timing the bull market. The teams that, you know, you're really confident in that are going to fade or, you know, not show up or, or really show up in care, you want to bet them early. But you also have to factor in, okay, here are these teams that have a lot of potential pros that had disappointing years that are probably going to have a lot of guys either enter their portal or just sit out for the NFL. So we'll 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 cover a lot of that going forward on our podcasts and, and live shows. But that's yeah, you'd want to you'd want to fade Duke early, especially if they're playing a team that cares, with not a lot of opt out risks. That's that's kind of the caveat. Would you agree, Colin?
2: Oh, absolutely. Like every bowl team. If you're new to this, every bowl team is going to have a specific moment when you're going to want to bet them. And and Stucky alluded to teams that are on zombie alert or just, you know, corpses or dead. Don't want to don't want to play like what bowl is going to make USC happy. Right. UCLA already pulled out of a bowl because of sickness against NC State. Uh, Then there's other teams like James Madison, Jacksonville State. They're going to be completely excited to be there. But you have to know where public perception is going to be. People are going to know who want to be in these bowls and who don't want to be in these bowls. And you have to factor that into when you strike. There may be a number that odds makers put up when those bowl lines come out that I think is outrageous, but it's going to move against me. And that way I'll just sit back and wait for it to go to get the number that I want. So it's a, uh, it's a whole dance for about 10 to 14 days when bowl spreads come out. I don't know how we got off on this, but uh, I mean, you, you have to know everything is going on. Well, it's a good lesson. It's a good lesson. Yeah, portal, coaches, uh, everything. It, it's crazy, and it's wonderful.
3: Yeah, make a list of teams to fade, not to fade. Follow the Action app. We always do a great job of those, uh, of those opt-out trackers and whatnot. Brett, you alluded to it. Uh, best five-minute tenure in SEC history. Greg Chiano at Tennessee or Stoops at AM. Uh, i A&M? I'm
0: going to go C. Uh, TCU, two months as a member of the Big East. I'll go with that. Colin. Can I
2: put in a vote for TCU in the whack? That was uh some of my favorite football. But uh yeah, I'll go I'll go stoops.
1: Stuck. There was no way Stoops was ever gonna live up to the expectations there in that Colt. So yeah, he's probably the only coach that will ever not fail to live up to expectations in Aguiland. So it's gotta be him.
0: Colin, we get an Arkansas ticket. reference here, right? With basketball coaches accepting and turning down i'm not well we're going to talk about dana altman here
2: dana altman was uh the <laughs> arkansas coach for 24 hours landed with his wife wife said no thanks they were back up to omaha at creighton immediately all happened in 24 hours
1: there you go they tried to make them do the woo pig suey call and they said yeah. we're out of here. that was it they were gone
0: <laughs> woo pig suey
2: and to think you love that place right oh it's beautiful it's wonderful i don't know what the altman's problem is it's good for me <laughs>
3: BBOC is presented by BetMGM. Use bonus code ACTION when signing up to get up to $1,500 paid back in bonus bets. If your first bet loses for new users in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming, terms and conditions apply, must be 21 or older, gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right. I asked you guys to do a little homework, some scenarios, some chaos is coming here. And I I gave you guys four scenarios that can happen here. Obviously there's a million combinations, but I think these scenarios will help us iron out where you guys stand on some of these teams. Stucky, you you thought the show uh, wasn't happening tonight. So you'll have to work on the fly here. I'll give, give you some time to bat last. And here's the rules. You just tell me who's out when I give you the scenario. And then after that, I, I'll be the, the war, warden Norton, leave the office. You guys can put, blast the opera music throughout the prison, okay? We can argue afterwards.
1: Are we saying First, what do... we think the committee's going to do or what we think should be?
0: You can do a committee.
1: The... Yeah, because
0: who cares what we think?
1: Do you think I care one bit what you think?
0: Yeah. We're trying to predict the committee.
1: All right, I want to ask one clarifying question to Brett to help me yeah. with this, because yeah. I really don't care about the pop rankings until like right now. So and this will help me clear up my, my thoughts. So... The committee's goal and objective, because people get this confused, is to put the four best teams in, right? With consideration for your resume, right? That's part of the way that you determine who are the four best teams. So, injuries can matter. And people are like, well, if Florida State doesn't get in undefeated, then the regular season doesn't matter. It does. If they didn't lose their quarterback, they would 100% be in, right? That, that doesn't happen to every team. But that's my part. That just I want Brett to clarify. The- yeah, they do. Yeah.
0: Yes, the, Stucky. They they give them guidelines, but it's ultimately it's up to everybody's opinion. It's a beauty contest, so they can tell you to consider resume, strength of schedule, margin of victory, uh, you know, whatever whatever you want, but or whatever they want you to consider. But ultimately, it's your call. It's your opinion. Um, you know, it's supposed to be the four best teams. What does that mean? What does best mean? Is it most deserving? Is it most dominating? Is it best according to the, to the power ratings? You know, so that's, and they do take injuries into consideration. They don't project forward though. So when they, so when Tuesday's rankings, they will, they will rank Florida state based on one game without Jordan Travis and not the previous 10 games.
1: Yeah. And then my other question so, yeah, I think that it's like best and, and most deserving or it's kind of like a hybrid. And they match. give
0: and they do give more. They're supposed to give more weight to conference champions. Now, they're, yeah. they're supposed to. That doesn't again, you're trying to get in the heads of 13 people. You don't know what that means to somebody. If if I tell you, OK, give more weight to conference champions, does that mean automatically pick conference champions or if both a conference champion and non-conference champ are close You give the edge to the conference champ. Again, it's a beauty contest and it's impossible to predict. Yeah. They choose what they want to apply when they want to apply it. It's It's ultimately
1: a TV show, too. You got to remember
0: that. No, it's a TV show. They pick four teams and then they tell you, then they give you the reasons why they picked the four teams afterwards. All right. Let's do this.
3: Scenario. We have four scenarios. So let's bang them out. Scenario number one all the favorites win convincingly. That would leave you with undefeated Georgia, Florida State. In Michigan with one loss Texas and Oregon in this scenario assuming Washington and Bama would be done Colin who is left out in this scenario
2: in scenario number one uh, yeah. Texas would be out I, I want Florida State out but it would be Texas
0: gotcha Brett Texas is out 1000 percent they're already behind Oregon right now Oregon plays a higher ranked team Texas is not going to jump Oregon by beating Oklahoma State. Stucky?
1: I have a feeling that Florida State might get left out in that scenario. By the way, no i way. Florida State's going to be a favorite uh, by the end of the week. Um, <laughs> but it'll probably be Oregon. Now, the one thing that confuses me, uh, but I agree, ultimately, I, I, I would go with uh, Texas being left out in that scenario. I just don't under – because Texas is not going to jump Oregon after this weekend because Oregon will have a better win. But I don't understand why Oregon's ahead of Texas right now. Like, that is – like, strength of record, strength of schedule – Texas has the better win. You know, they both lost the rank. I, I don't know why Texas has just been consistently ahead. And they show the graphic on ESPN, and it's like strength of schedule, Texas 5, Oregon 68, strength of record, Texas 5, Oregon 9. They both have one loss. Uh, the only ranked win, Oregon just got their first ranked win. Texas won at Alabama. That made no sense to me, but because of that, and now Oregon's going to get a better win if they both win, Texas isn't going to jump Oregon. And I think that the committee would be too scared to leave Florida state out, which, which sucks because no one needs Tate Rodemaker in the playoff and Georgia, Michigan, Texas, Oregon would be a dope college football playoff.
2: Well, they have, you have a chance to put Michigan and Oregon in the Rose bowl, an old classic Rose bowl matchup. Like you have a chance to do that. Yeah, Ratings would be in way, way higher than Florida state. In.
1: They won't,
0: they won't do that for ratings, but I think, I believe, actually, in that scenario, Oregon would be ranked number three. Florida State would drop to number four. I think they yeah. would rank – the committee would rank a one-loss team ahead of undefeated Florida State, but they are not going to leave 13-0 and Florida State out of the playoff and put two one-loss teams in the playoff. But you're right, Stuck, about Texas, and I wrote this a couple weeks ago. The committee – Texas is screwed. The first four rankings, Oregon was ahead of Texas every week – Texas had the better win against Alabama. Oregon had no top 25 wins. And now you look at the resumes. Texas has two top 25 wins. Kansas State, they may drop out. But Oregon, Utah drops out for them. So all they have is Oregon State. So yeah, Texas is screwed. They need chaos to get in. Um, but I think Florida State's in 13-0. You can give me all your different scenarios. They're not going to leave a undefeated Power 5 team out. All right.
3: Well done. Well done. Scenario one. That was good. Let's move to scenario two. Just the favorites of seven or more win. Okay. That would leave you with undefeated Michigan followed by one loss, Texas, one loss, Georgia, one loss, Bama, one loss, Oregon, assuming here Florida state and Washington are out. Colin, who's out for you?
2: It would be Alabama. Alabama's behind Texas in this scenario.
3: So sec champ Bama, the SEC You said yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, the head to head. Okay. But I don't I, I, I don't know. Maybe Brett can trump me here. I don't see a world where the SEC champion is not in the playoff. <laughs> I mean, I I don't
0: see any scenario where that happens. So the, the yeah, scenario is
1: so, Georgia losing. Yeah. yeah it's Georgia.
3: Is, oh, yes, yeah, Georgia losing to Bama. So they they so this is the loss.
0: this is the tricky one. You've got undefeated Michigan, even if it's um undefeated Washington, and then you've got one loss. Texas, one loss, Georgia, SEC champ, Georgia. Um, the committee, I don't know if you guys have noticed, There's this narrative has, start, has started that, well, you know, Bama lost to Texas, that was two months ago. The teams have changed and all that. And then the narrative for Georgia is, here's a team that's won consecutive national championships, has won 29 in a row. They've got, I think, three top 25 wins this year. And they lose on a last second field goal to Bama. Are you really going to knock Georgia from one to five? Um, that will be fascinating because all the, com- again, Stuck, you asked what do they consider head to head, supposedly is one of the biggest factors. But they ultimately would be taking head to head out if Bama got in over Texas. Or does Georgia still remain in, even though they lost that game? I- I've got, I-, I think I mentioned this last week, so I apologize if I did. Um, I've got my sources who tell me that the committee members, when they file their final ballot, that when they hit submit, if an SEC team is not in their top four, they will be electrocuted immediately. So in that scenario, somehow, someway, the SEC gets somebody in there, but I have no idea who it would be.
1: Please don't electrocute me. I'll say that Georgia gets left out. It's not like they, they would not be the, the SEC champ. They would have one loss, and they would lose to Bama. So Bama, you have to put Bama in over them.
2: And and a terrible and, strength and of schedule.
1: Yeah, Georgia's – I mean, they and they, they played, what, one-ranked team on the road in Tennessee. They didn't, they didn't play anybody out of conference. So, yeah, I think in that case, it would be Michigan is in, Bama, Texas, Oregon, Georgia's five.
0: But Georgia has three top 25 wins, Missouri, Ole Miss, and Tennessee. I'm just saying it's not, it's not that simple. I
1: think like, it is. <laughs> no. I don't think they're going to put two SEC teams over both Oregon and Texas, but they're both conference champs with one loss. And Texas beat Alabama, too. And then you're going to put Georgia and Alabama in over Texas. Uh, I think Georgia's odd man out.
3: That was uh, the Trump card we mentioned earlier this year. All right. Scenario three. This is our first major chaos scenario. You get undefeated Michigan, undefeated Florida State. One lost Georgia, one lost Bama, one lost Texas, one lost Oregon. Assuming here Washington is done. So of these six, who gets in?
1: It would be that's the, basically what we just yeah. talked about. We just about. talked about that. Oregon, that we, I just said scenario. Oregon, Bama, Michigan, and then uh, that is uh,
3: this is well, FSU, FSU wins now. This is FSU yeah. wins now.
1: We, we talked about that in scenario one. We, we, it would be Oregon over Texas, and Texas gets left out.
3: Gotcha. All right. So, well, easy enough.
1: Yeah. Michigan, easy, and that, so we, in that scenario, Michigan and FSU are in, you know, and then you could argue if Georgia should be in or not, but I think Georgia's out. You have two undefeateds. I think the committee would take Bama over Georgia. And Oregon over Texas, Oregon over Texas. So the, Texas the problem is, though, have you pit. have
3: you have a Texas team that beat Alabama and they're not and they're going to get squeezed out for Oregon here.
2: And that's because of the strength
3: yes. of schedule, right?
1: Well, and, and, that, no, no, and no, we Trump don't know beating Georgia.
2: We don't know why Texas is behind Oregon. If you look at their strength of schedule, Oregon is 62nd. Texas is 13th. Texas. yeah. Is so this
1: is the Texas,
3: Texas,
2: Texas versus Oregon, Oregon again.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But and, I, I think that it should be Texas. But they're, they're going to take Bama if they win the SEC sh- championship over Georgia. And we we all agree that Texas isn't going to jump Oregon after this week, after what we've seen.
2: A question I have for Brett, because I grew up on Bobby Bowden and Tom Osborne throwing 70-something points up on the board so that they could flip-flop in the AP rankings. Does that have any bearing? Because, in, in, I mean, Texas was screwing around in the first half, and they still put up a 50-burger on Texas Tech. They might accidentally put up a 50-burger on Ollie Gordon and your pokes this weekend. Sorry. But if no, they, they, does yeah, the that score can, matter?
0: Uh, it Again, they tell them margin of victory actually is not a consideration, but it's human nature. Um, you know, 2014, Ohio State got in, and what happened? They beat Wisconsin by, I think, 75 points, whatever it was, and they leapfrogged both TCU and Baylor. Oh. Um, so, yeah, I do think they will take that into consideration. Uh, but, again, I think <laughs> – Texas shouldn't have humans. to, Texas doesn't need to win by 50, but certainly it would help them. But also it doesn't guarantee them a spot also, again, because it's, we don't know how these people are thinking. They, they, I'm sure they think differently than all of us, but that's what makes this so fascinating.
1: Yeah, there's there, at the end of the day, they're humans and there's always going to be bias. So even if you say like margin doesn't matter, you, you and you might not even be, aware that your bias is developing but you watch this team the week the couple days before you put out your final rankings and you watch this team look incredible right and the other team struggles a little bit that they're going up against your brain naturally probably develops some bias saying like wow texas beat texas tech by 50 and then i watch. this is why beat- the
3: heisman comes down to the last week right it's yeah and the then same- i watch
1: them beat oklahoma state by 50 right you're not na- you're naturally going to be Um, kind of vulnerable to some of the biases that can come into evaluating these teams because it's not like the VCS. This isn't a computer determining it.
3: I'm so proud of you guys. Last one. Here we go. Scenario number four. Undefeated Michigan, Florida State, and Washington. One loss, Georgia, Bama, and Texas.
2: This is the easiest one. It's the SEC champ. That's who's in.
3: (laughs) But so the SEC champs, Bama, and Texas beat Bama straight up. At their place,
2: SEC is not going to get left out.
1: Yep, they the um, SEC champ,
3: right? They, they,
0: they, electric chair, they electric chair. chair. Yeah.
1: Well, then electrocute him. No,
0: they may try. They may try to put Texas in, but they'll get electrocuted. Oh, but how about this? All
3: right, so I know we're moving to a twelve team, so it's kind of easier for them. But then, I thought the committee loved this whole thing of head to head. Then why? Why do we play? Then just go schedule cupcakes. Why? Why if you're Texas, why'd you go schedule a game? At Alabama, if that wasn't going to matter, if you also had to go undefeated, like, am I wrong here?
1: But also, who cares? It's we're going to a 12 team playoff, so it doesn't matter.
3: But because they get an out here, though, like the principle,
1: but it's not, but head to head's not the only thing that matters in fairness.
3: It's just so hard when they went there in one of the hardest places to win and beat, yeah, but, yeah, but
1: beating, you know, then then Texas in the Big 12 title gets to play Oklahoma State. Sorry, Brett. Uh, and, yeah,
0: dude, hey, we're in a game, that's fine.
1: And Alabama. Uh, you know, I to play Georgia and Atlanta. They win that game. I mean, that trumps Bama beating Georgia late in the year on a neutral trumps the Alabama win. It's for a conference title, neutral field against team they've lost in three seasons. I think they would take Alabama.
2: They're going to give Gundy a statue outside T. Boone if uh, if he's able to beat Oklahoma and Texas in the same season that they're leaving for the SEC. I, I don't know. He'd be immortalized <laughs> in Stillwater.
0: Colin, come on. <laughs> the, stat, the statue will be outside Big 12 headquarters. Ah, yep. You I, know I what, think it's hey, already getting made. Look, it's funny that everything we've talked about is, you know, the head-to-head and, you know, if they win this game and this. It's funny, and I'm guilty too. Nobody has mentioned Bama beating Georgia to get in the playoff When Oh, by the way, Bama should have lost to Auburn. You know, it's kind of like, well, we don't penalize Alabama for that because they're going to play Georgia. They, they, you know, had this m- miraculous win, but it's okay because they're Alabama. They win If they win the SEC, they're in. Yeah,
1: we pick I, and choose. I would what would put Texas over Alabama, we're, but we're talking about what the committee's going to do, not what we would do.
0: Okay. Right. There's so, a slim chance for Texas.
1: Like one out of a hundred? I'd say more like one out of a million.
0: So you're telling me there's a chance? Yeah. So I
2: think in summary that what we're saying is is Florida State and Alabama have to lose for the Longhorns to get in. Sounds like a nice little parlay if you believe in the Horns.
3: I agree with that. Yeah. I agree. Basically I was trying to narrow in on the whole Florida State situation and it sounds like unanimously here everyone thinks undefeated Florida State is is getting in no matter how. I don't
1: think it's a lock as they do but I think they would. Um but I also think Florida State's losing this weekend. So
2: There is positive news, though. If Florida State does get in, they'll more than likely probably be in the Sugar Bowl against Georgia. We can I all, think, be, we can all think, have yeah. our New Year's Eve uh, party early because that's the second game on. on mm. I'm sorry, That's on January 1st. And that would be uh, we could all uh, have our night back to ourselves. That would be a, such a large spread, about 11
1: and a half. Kate Rodemaker versus Georgia. Oh, man, I can't wait for that college football playoff. Game.
0: You know, I know it's we're on a tangent here. What is so funny about this whole thing about Florida State shouldn't be in the playoff, they lost their quarterback. This is how screwed up college football is. If this was the NFL, you lose your quarterback a week before the playoffs, does somebody say, oh, you you shouldn't be the one seed because Jalen Hurts is out for the year? No, you are built up that equity. You should remain there. But in college football, it's just so, you know, backward that it's like well wait they lost their best player so now we should penalize them they they shouldn't be in the playoff
1: yeah but but, so why isn't liberty in the playoff they haven't lost a game i'm not saying just because you
0: didn't lose a game i'm saying if you've rated them this good the entire year then just because they lose a player now suddenly you're going to drop them you know through the floor where if it's the nfl you based on the record that's where you are but college it's so subjective and you know it's all based on narratives and all those different things.
2: The root cause of all this problem is the fact that they don't acknowledge odds makers. They don't acknowledge power ratings and they don't sit around and talk about, well, this would be a closer matchup. And this team has a realistic shot of winning. I mean, why would you throw in a double? I mean, Michigan state wasn't enough for you back in what twenty six fourteen 14 ish, 16 ish. To know how bad it is when you put a team that's not prepared to be in the playoff. We're going to do that again to Florida state. Uh, I mean, I, I don't think it's ever said in the committee room, but I would love it if, if it just off the record, someone would tell me that this line was actually said out loud. What would the spread be between Florida State and Georgia? Like, I don't know if that ever gets dropped in that room. I doubt it, and it never officially would be, but that's what's missing from this selection committee.
3: Yeah, I, I don't think anyone's uh, pulling up Action Network to see uh, the projected spreads. How about, um, speaking of committees, the Heisman Committee, Bo Nix, He's the favorite to win this thing at bet MGM uh, Colin and stuck. You guys discussed it on your show on Sunday. I want to just ask you here. How, how, how about this for a scenario? Cause I think if he, you know, if he wins the game, he's going to win the Heisman. How poor would he have to play in an Oregon win to lose himself to Heisman Colin?
2: I mean, you're asking me a question about going up against Washington's defense. So I'm kind of laughing about it. Um, I would say he'd have to have more ints, less than 200 yards passing, uh, maybe another ankle injury. It'd have to be horrific, something that I haven't seen the Washington defense do to anybody. Stucky, you concur?
1: Yeah, I mean, like he also, like Bo Nix, will get rushing yards. He'll probably get a he'll get rushing touchdowns. A lot of his throws are low risk, so like it's a lot of it is extension of running game. So it's like really hard for him to have a bad game. I think it's like the only way if Oregon wins, which I think they will, the only way Bonix doesn't win the Heisman, in my opinion, is if they win like 10 7 and they score on a defensive touchdown. And like he mm-hmm. has two picks. Like it'd have to be something like that. The total is like, what is the total? 70. I think it was 67 last night. So like that's not, that's not, I mean, there, I mean, I guess, yeah, there's always a world in some parallel universe. The, you know, Oregon wins 10-7 on pick six but um yeah i think if they win he should have good enough numbers if he has a terrible game they're probably not going to win like if he if he has that type of game they're probably going to lose because the washington offense has been right but you're not going to completely shut them down so if bo nix has like a catastrophic game then they lose right so i think that as long as he has a normal game they win and i think that he will win the heisman he has an extra data point. Jan Daniel sitting at home this weekend. So, yeah, it would take a complete catastrophe and a loss.
2: So a fun bet for you, Tim, this weekend when you and Calabrese are together for some reason, probably because of health and what happened to Bo Nix last year, he was allowed to leave the pocket and run on his own volition this past week against Oregon State. Because of what his season numbers are from number of attempts and the number of yards, and they completely tampered it down because they wanted to keep him healthy, I would think a rushing total yards over on Bo Nix this weekend has got to have some serious value. Yeah.
3: Boom. And and I have a uh, Bo Nix ticket because of you, Colin. So thank you very <laughs> much. Uh, Brett, you outlined the path for Daniels not too
0: long ago. Is this uh, locked up for Bo Nix? I don't think it's locked up. I think, you know, I know you guys said you said Nick's should win it or would win it. I think Daniels should win it. He's had the much better season. It's not even close. He averages a, a first down every time they snap the ball. He's got over a 1,000 yards rushing he leads the nation in like nine categories. The only thing Nick's has over over Jaden Daniels is his team is better. That's it. That is the only thing. And it's funny, I the past two Mondays or three now, I did a Twitter poll for whatever that's worth. The last two weeks, the total votes, almost 50,000 votes. Uh Daniels 41%, Nick's 26%. I did one uh, Monday, here we are Monday night, there's still 12 hours left to vote, 25,000 votes, so already half of what I had on the other two combined, and Knicks is leading 47% to 40%, so it's kind of like the narrative has changed. Um, Bottom line, it goes to the most outstanding player, I think that's Jaden Daniels without question, Um, but some people like to give it to the best player on the best team, that helps out Knicks. But I don't think it's a slam dunk either way. I, I think, you know, a lot will depend on what happens this weekend.
2: Jaden Daniels, whose team almost lost this weekend until he decided to play team ball and let other people have some carries against Texas A&M. Yeah,
1: and he doesn't call
0: the plays, Colin. <laughs> he,
1: he also better have the best numbers. I mean, and, and look, you, you say that he shouldn't be penalized because Nick's on a better team, but Nick's gets penalized because he's on a better team, right? They blow out teams and then they sit him. And but does, Daniels Daniels stats.
0: has better number average, average per attempt, average per, so everything by I average. Know, well talking, but people
1: bring not up just, total touchdowns, total yards. But I'm saying well, like I'm
0: t- you can take all that out, take all total t- total stuff out.
1: And it's then I'm it's talking about
0: close. I'm talking about average yards per play, average yards per rush. He's leading the nation in rushing yards per carry, over eight yards a carry. I'm talking about q- QBR rating. I'm talking about percentage of 20-yard plays compared with total attempts. I'm not just simply saying, oh, he's got the most yards because he's played the most and his defense has allowed him to play so much. I'm saying take the average, and he's still light years ahead of, of
1: Knicks. I don't think it's light years. Uh, he's, he's had a great year. I just think that a lot of it, there's been a lot of hollow stats when you're in begging for the ball against Georgia State uh and, 40
0: and they played the they played a tougher schedule than oregon they had the strength of schedule for lsu who cares about
1: the team though you said who cares about the team
0: no uh, but you're saying he got all the numbers against georgia state he did yeah he
1: nicks gets he, pulled Jaden daniels does not he plays for the last possible second up 40 that's not the case and this weekend but and by the way, if we were just going on total stats, why did Bailey Zappi not win the Heisman? Bailey Zappi—it's not ooh. total;
0: it's average. <laughs> There's a difference, in.
1: Go look at yeah. Bailey Zappi's averages.
0: That and Liberty
1: getting into the playoffs. Bailey Zappi had 60 touchdowns.
0: 60. Okay, what's what's Oregon's record without Bo Nix?
1: Six and six. Uh,
0: six? No, come on.
2: They eight. wouldn't beat Washington.
0: They didn't beat him the first time. Four and eight. Boy, you're a joke. You guys. Get out of here. All right, listen, listen, I think
2: there's one thing in Bo Nix's numbers that's being completely overlooked. Completely overlooked. Like you, all right, fine. Jaden Daniels is a walking first down. We get it. Uh, but one thing that's not being mentioned, and I'm sure that a lot of Heisman voters probably may not be paying attention to only me, 0.7% turnover worthy play. He's had three turnover worthy plays and 426 dropbacks this year. It's not that Bonix doesn't have the numbers of Jaden Daniels. He doesn't, but he has played the most mistake-free ball of any person that's won this award that I I went back and researched it until I got tired of doing it. I mean, he's played more mistake-free. And I understand his A dot is seven yards. It's pretty low. Uh, and I understand that Bucky Irving uh and Franklin are just walking elusiveness, you know, rocket ships. I get it. But he has made zero mistakes this year. And that has to account for something.
1: Yeah, I'm just saying if we take yeah, that, that's a good point. If we, if, but if we take Daniels' passing touchdowns and rushing touchdowns, and then we add 10, then we'll get to the amount of touchdowns that Bailey Zappi threw for in 2021. That's so so if we give the Heisman to Daniels, we must retroactively go back and award the Heisman to Bailey Zappi.
0: Is Daniels' number sniffing? Zappi didn't have any, any numbers comparable to Daniels. It's 60 touchdowns.
1: The, way, the schedule the he put-
0: record. Strength the schedule. This it's is, a, is not a way. Daniels against
1: it. Georgia State. That's who Bailey Zappi was doing it against.
0: It's hilarious you bring up Bailey Zappi.
3: I will say this. Stucky and Colin, did you ever think that back in 2020 when a, when a drunk voicemail caller was shouting Bo Nick's season?
1: Bo Nix season in full effect. You would
3: ever be defending Bo Nicks like this? Did you ever think that was possible? Was the ceiling ever this?
2: No, but I will say this: back in 2018, Bo Nix took on Joe Burrow, and we, I really, that is where the Bo Nix season thing really started, because we thought Joe Bo Nix versus Joe Burrow, winner was going to own the SEC West, and we thought that Bo Nix was the better quarterback in 2018. Joe Burrow did not have a great 2018. If you go back and look, like we thought Bo Nix was the next coming, and to see how those two have have peeled off for Bo Nix to win this, it's a hell of a story for uh, I mean for us for being a podcast. Right, our podcast came together. We changed names from 2017, but we really came together at the start of the 2018 season when Bo Nix season became a thing. So, I mean, this has been the lifespan of our of our career here.
1: This is the year Bo Nix has improved so much under this new offense. He's focused. He's having fun. I wouldn't be surprised if he's a dark horse for the Heisman. That was a meme. A meme for years when someone said that Nick's is a dark horse for the Heisman. Remember that? That used to just get yeah. brought up all the time. So you
2: throw in the trash pile with Tennessee's winning the national title. It's the same July take.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So what other memes would come true? Could come true if this one does. I don't know. That's kind of scary to think about.
2: How about this? How about the
3: gambling Heisman? Um, you know, this is a topic that you know, I don't know if you know our listeners, I don't know if you guys have been paying attention, but a lot of our listeners have reached out, you know, publicly to voice their support for. A certain player, you know, they think this is the obvious winner for the sixth annual Action Network Gambling Husband. A certain quarterback whose team is, you know, eleven and two against the spread this year, um, ten and three straight up. Uh, Money line better would be up over two thousand dollars. Spread better up nearly seven hundred. But unfortunately, Diego Pavia of New Mexico State Stucky has called him him and his squad a quote Ponzi scheme. Stucky, how do you respond to the listeners? Diego,
1: Diego. Oh, well, I've I've uh, written the bylaws for the Gambling Heisman. Um, I don't make the rules, sorry, but I do. Um, and uh, you cannot win the Gambling Heisman if you lose to UMass. It, it's it, Think about if you were going, if we're talking about Jaden Daniels versus Bo Nix and one of them lost to UMass, do you think either one would be in the conversation? No. So... He was he's in, he was a finalist, um, but that will be his eliminating factor. Um, I know who I know who we're going with. I know I know who he's going to say. I already got it.
3: I do but too. we we'll, we'll so, see well, no,
1: it's
2: going to be Noah Fafita. I know it's going to be. We'll, so
1: we'll save that. We'll save that for the show. Fafita's in the discussion. Did he play enough uh, games? You oh. know what's sad.
2: What what's sad is this Diego thing. The, the fact that Stuckey's just flat out. Uh, we don't call it cock blocking. What would we call it? High, gambling blocking. Uh, the g5 guys bankroll, be,
0: bankroll the, block
2: calabrese and inl are going to be all over us they're going to declare war on our podcast if we don't let diego get a shot so
0: Stuckey only has one vote so <laughs> uh
1: brett so Stuck, you who's, your on the Stuck, back? who's your pick I, I i'm saving it i kind of want to give it away i gotta I'm okay off. well i'll
0: tell you i'll tell you so my is in
1: the discussion and, and pavia got consideration mm. but he lost the umass and hawaii it, it's diego
0: pavia the only quarterback in the country to finish the season with ten consecutive covers and an 11-2 record against the spread. Look, I know everyone watching and listening has the award-winning Action Network app. What's really cool is you can see how our experts have wagered each week. I've done my fair share of investigative reporting, so I looked into Stucky's past bets. Hmm. Stucky won his first two bets against Pavia. But then went into a tailspin, betting against Pavia, chasing his money week after week, and the so-called New Mexico State Ponzi scheme. Let's see: Stucky bet on New Mexico money line, loser. Sam Houston plus three and a half, loser. Middle Tennessee plus three, loser. Auburn minus twenty three, Aggies went outright, loser. And last week, Jacksonville State money line, loser. Stucky finished two and five going against Pavia, that's 29%. That ain't good. What's hysterical is before the season... I also at Hawaii. Couldn't find it on the app. What's hysterical, before the season, Tiago Pavia allegedly, allegedly I want to add, was videotaped in New Mexico's indoor facility peeing on the turf. But when the season was done, he took a gigantic shit on Stucky's New Mexico State (laughs) Ponzi scheme. Stuck was running the Ponzi scheme. And Pavia exposed it. Diago Pavia gets my vote for the gambling Heisman. I'm with Diego because screw you.
1: Yeah, another thing is Pavia was you can't even pronounce his name, Brett. Uh the morality and character uh, <laughs> are are taken into account peeing
3: um, on
1: the New Mexico. Allegedly. Photo. Never, no,
3: I watched a news convicted. clip today. There's yeah. a video. Watched, There's
1: a It's video in the New it. York Post. Yeah.
0: I, I he watched the been pour, story, been, he been he it. He could have been admitting a cup it. of water and, and pouring it on the he also admitted
1: to it. Uh um, he never
0: admitted to it. No, I swear to god, Brett, he did. I watched I watched when? New Mexico.
3: I, I I watched it today. It was like New Mexico ABC six did a local story on him, and I watch it six minute long, little thing, and they go, you peed on the logo. He goes, he said, yes, I did. During the season, video surfaced of what appears to be you urinating on the UNM practice field. When did that happen, and why'd you do that?
0: So it happened before the year. Just a lot of, a lot of animosity towards them. They told me I basically wasn't good enough. I wasn't gonna play. And when someone tells you that that's supposed to believe in you it was just like 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 heartbreaking kind of but at the end of the day i shouldn't i shouldn't have done it um obviously it was a bad look people thought uh different of me people could think what they want i'm always had my swagger to me i'm always still be me
1: out done character character questions character, character. character i think questions. that is bonus points And uh, yeah, he's, I think he's like a local kid. He's like a state wrestler. um, Yeah, he's from there. He's He's like an honor student and all this stuff. Yeah. Honor student who pees on logos.
3: Gotta go. You gotta go. State champion wrestler and then a JUCO national champion in 2020, 2021. So, I mean, if that doesn't do it for you, I don't know what will.
1: Yeah, here's the, here's a quote from the coach. Uh, On Tuesday, Beck confirmed it was Pavia, an Albuquerque native, in the video, and said he was made aware of the video's existence last week. You have high expectations for all your players, he said. Again, we're disappointing in his actions, disappointed in what happened, but it'll be handled internally, and we're going to move forward. Uh, And by the way, Colin and I both have faded Mexico State the past two weeks. That wasn't as much to do about fading Pavia as it was not fading Pavia. We thought Pavia was going to play, so no more Jerry Kill press conferences for me. I really didn't think he was going to play last week. Short week, going across the country to Liberty for the conference championship, um, and it's a guy who runs a lot, and he was already banged up. So yeah, I was completely wrong there. But yeah, stay tuned. I'm this weekend. I don't know if anyone has anyone that playing this weekend dominated against the spread. UNLV. Yeah, UNLV. They're they, ten and, and they two. A quarterback. Or, Oregon. To,
2: Oregon's nine two and one. Miami yeah, Ohio so nine and Things could change nine, this three, weekend.
1: Yeah. Things could change this weekend. Stay tuned. All right.
3: You're you're like the real Heisman betters. You wait you wait till the last weekend to be swayed. It's you know yep. that's what it is. All right, Brett, hit us with the stumper.
1: It may sound easy, but it will test your head and your mind and your brain too. There go. I don't claim to be no 36 ACT now. All
0: right, this is the finale source of stumper. Um, updated scoreboard: Stucky 26, Colin 18, Tim 16. Uh, this week, uh, I'm going to ask you five questions. Uh, we're going to do it a little bit differently. If you get the question correct, your next question you can get double points. For instance, you get the first question right, you get one point. If you want to, if you want to double it, then you can get additional two points. But if you lose, you lose your one point. You can keep doubling as long as you want. One, two, four, eight, sixteen, thirty-two, um, and then after that, we'll have a five-point uh, bonus question. These are either-or questions. Uh, Stucky, since you're leading, you're up first. Uh, Tuesday will be the the second to last college football playoff ranking. The rankings, as you guys know, started in 2014. This is the 10th year. I'm going to give you two schools. All I need to know is which school has been ranked more times in the 10-year history of the college football playoff. Stuck, you're up first. The first two schools, LSU and Oklahoma State
1: uh oklahoma state colin i would say oklahoma state yeah tim
0: three for three
1: <laughs> i thought you were going to try to go against the grain
0: uh you're you're all three wrong lsu <laughs> has we're been ranked 40 again. 43 times oklahoma state 41
2: that's pretty impressive consider gundy always goes to a bowl i'm shocked yep. by
1: that i um, really didn't think about it i just thought you were asking it in your oklahoma state so that happened. exactly
0: eat. that's why see you got to know me because i would have You know, I zigged instead of when you thought I was going to zag. No points there. One point for each of you. Four questions left. The Florida Gators or the Washington Huskies? Stucky, you're still up.
1: Florida or Washington? There were some bad years for the Huskies. There were some
0: really bad ones.
2: (laughs) This one's tight. You know, Stuck, it's like within two and a half games.
0: Every answer is within, yeah, every every answer is within like two weeks. Yeah. So I'm not, yeah, these aren't lopsided.
1: Washington's going to have the bookends. Um, I'll say Washington. Colin? Boy.
2: You know, Dan Mullen just didn't get ran out of town until Kirby got there. So, I'll go Florida.
0: Tim? Yeah, Huskies had bad years. Florida. <laughs> Washington has been ranked 27 times. Florida has been ranked 28.
1: Wow. Colin
0: and Tim pick up a point. Okay. Okay. Um, So, Colin and Tim, are you guys doubling up, or are you just going for one point? How far am I behind? you? for two? You are now um, seven points behind. Tim is nine points behind. I'll keep going. Okay, Kansas State and Northwestern stuck one week apart, or one ranking apart.
1: I'll say Northwestern.
2: <sighs> That's what I was. All right. say. Colin. I'm gonna go with Nor- I'm gonna go with Northwestern too because those e those Pat Fitzgerald ten wins, ten loss
0: seasons. It's crazy. And you can still, you know, you're double points. So even if you're right, you'll get more points. Um, Tim, who you got? I'm doubled as well here.
3: Um, Yeah. And so these guys went Northwestern. I'll go, uh, I'll
0: go K-State. Kansas State has been ranked 19 times. Northwestern has been ranked 20. (laughs) Scoreboard update, Stucky 27. Colin, you are now 21. Are you going to go for four points here? Yes. Two two questions left. Okay. Stuck? Are you going for two points? Or are you going to keep your one point, and just go for one?
1: If I get it wrong, and I put it, if do... you go for
0: if you go for two points and you miss, you lose your point you had on the previous question.
1: Uh, yeah, we can go for double, sure.
0: Double. Okay. Fourth question: the Notre Dame Fighting Irish and the Georgia Bulldogs. They are one ranking apart.
2: I'm going to go Notre Dame. Colin? I'm going to Notre Dame also.
0: Tim. Georgia. So you got to be asking yourself, did I throw a bad team in there with Georgia to try to convince you that it would be the bad team when Georgia was the obvious question? If you thought that, you would be wrong. Notre Dame, 47 weeks. Georgia, 46 weeks. Stuck and Colin, you got the points there, Tim. You know,
2: 2016 points. was the bad year for Notre Dame. I, I can't remember when Georgia had a flop. Had to be a ricked. The year ricked was out.
0: Yeah, they had some... They had some struggles last uh regular question um stucky you got a four point lead on colin you can go for four points in this round and put your previous three points at risk or just play this for one point colin you can play this for eight points and put your previous seven at risk so do you guys want to double or not do we have any more questions after this we have a five point question it's a one, give me a. It's a number. Whoever's closest gets the five points, and you will be texting me the answer, so you won't be able to play high, high, low off each other. Because that's gone so well for me. <laughs> stuck? Are you doubling? Or are you? St- or are you taking your points and going for one point? So if Colin doubles his and gets it right, you double yours and get it right, you guys are both tied. But if you guys get it wrong, Colin loses all his points. So stuck, you would be
1: back in the leading again. Sure, let's make it interesting. I'll
0: double it. Colin, I'm guessing you're Dublin.
1: Oh, you
2: two have been to Vegas with me. You know I gamble all night. Let's go. Allegedly.
0: Uh, Kind of a a timely question here for our last two teams. The Wolfpack of North Carolina State. Shout out to Ryan. And the Texas A&M Aggies. Stucky, you're up.
2: I know what he's going to say, because he's going to say what I'm going to say. You want me to go first? Well, you can. No, no, no. You, if,
0: if you both get it right, you tie them.
2: All right. NC State. Yeah. NC State.
0: Tim? Yeah. well, I got no choice. I got to <laughs> go the other way. AM? Yeah. Texas AM has been ranked 20 times in their illustrious history. The Wolfpack of NC State have been ranked 22 times. NC State, the correct answer. So stuck and Colin. You guys are deadlocked at 33. Tim, you're in the also receiving votes category. (laughs) Um, So Stucky and Colin, send me a text. Tim, you you can too, or Slack me. There are 133 teams in FBS right now. Uh, I don't know if you saw my tweet earlier today. That number is going to grow. Delaware is joining the FBS in a few years, but they haven't yet. So there's only 133 schools. Of the 133 schools, how many schools have been ranked at least once? In the college football playoff rankings, not the AP poll, but the college football playoff rankings. So give me a number out of 133 closest to the pin is our champion. Send me a text. Tim, Slack me. I got Colin's answer. Texting right now, Wish I had jeopardy music.
1: Look, I do a lot of post-production enhancement.
0: I can tell you this. Colin did not guess it exactly. I just my <laughs> Stucky mind. did not guess it exactly. Tim. All right, I just. So say. Tim gets this right, then we end up on a tie. If I if I'm bang on it, then Tim, just tell me your answer. They've already guessed. All right, seventy-eight. Oh man, Colin guessed fifty-eight. Tim guessed more, more seventy-eight. Than more than that, I think. Stucky guessed eighty. The correct answer is drum roll. Liberty was ranked the other the other week. They were the eighty-sixth team. Stucky, congrats. You take home Sources Stumper for a second consecutive week. I've already mailed you your prize. It's a Maxion flag. Should have been delivered to your house about, oh, I don't know, about a month ago. So hopefully you can find it. Um, I, so, tweeted,
1: I tweeted it. I said I thank you on a tweet. Oh, I know.
0: I don't. Dude, I don't look at my mentions. You think I look at those? I it's, <laughs> hung,
1: it's hung up in my basement now, too. I'll send you a picture. Oh, OK.
0: No, I dude. Thank I you. Come on. You think with, you know, the fan bases that, that, quote, love me, I'm going to look at my mentions. No way. But, no, I'm glad you got it. So, yeah.
1: 86, that is a wild number. I just remember I remember seeing something a couple of years ago, and I was like, wow, it's so many more than I thought. But, yeah, 86 out of 133 have been in the college football playoff ranking. It's crazy to think about.
0: And like we said a few weeks ago, only four Power 5 teams have not been ranked. Um, I already forgot them. Texas Tech, Rutgers, Vandy. And I think Cal was the other one, maybe. Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well done. Well, regular season is in the books, but
3: still plenty of content from the BBOC crew. Um, As you know, this episode is presented by BetMGM, and the podcast returns Wednesday morning with Mike Calabrese and Mike Ionello talking Group of Five before Colin and Stucky's big betting preview episode out late Thursday. It was a pleasure. It was uh, some scenarios, some chaos, some tangents, but that's why we do it. Thank you all for joining us, and we'll catch you next time here on Big Bets on Campus. Action Network reminds you please gamble responsibly.